Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. All righty, folks, Joe Snedeker here, but you know me as Mr. Curiosity on this podcast. I think we're on like number 58, 59. We're kicking butt here on Mr. Curiosity. And remember, all the past episodes are available on Spotify, iTunes, WNEP.com, wherever you want to go. Now, we have a good guest this week because we just met. And he's got a great beard and he's got great stories to tell, I hope. It's Nick Bruce from the Wise Crackers Comedy Club. And if you're saying, well, why are you talking to Nick Bruce? I don't know why I am. Nick, why am I? Uh, because I'm the guy behind it currently. Uh, <laughs> no, my, because because I, you're going to be fun, and you have uh, you have fundraising opportunities. I and- have a lot. I have a lot to talk about. I have fun stories. I have bad stories, and I have got to tell you about fundraising. And if you've got a fundraiser you want to do, I got you covered. Excellent. I want to first start out the reason we connected, um, and this goes back, I think, ten years, maybe twelve, maybe more. But my wife, when my kids were younger, used mm-hmm. to be a classic um, PTA type mom, and she'd want to do these fundraisers. So, sure, sure. so she put together this fundraiser at Wisecrackers. This is, like I said, when my kids were under ten years old, and we were ten years younger. And she became in contact then with your dad. Oh right? yeah, the great yeah. Scott Bruce. And they would always email and call each other and set these things up. And she would make hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars for her good cause you know, Mm -hmm. PTA related fundraisers. And that's how I got to know your dad, who seemed to me like we instantly hit it off like a cool guy. And I love comedy and I go to all these comedy shows and then 10 years pass by, nothing. And then all of a sudden one of my buddies goes, hey, I went to uh, Wisecrackers last weekend. I go, oh, really? You see my buddy, uh, (laughs) you see my, you see my buddy, uh, Scott Bruce there? He goes, no, no, but there's uh, some other guy that handed me his card and it was you. (laughs) <laughs> it's me. It's me. I'm his son. I'm his, yeah, yeah, his unbelievable. Kid, his, his extra, his right hand man, his his uh consigliere, if you want. <laughs> uh you know, I'm his everything now. Uh yeah, we uh our fundraising has always helped a lot of people. Uh I'm glad that we were able to help your wife and everybody with that PTA for years. We've raised huh, well north of a million dollars now since we've been open. Uh, for 20, 22 years since we've been open, uh, we've waited. It's just how much money we've donated to every charity we can possibly think of. Anything, uh, no fundraiser is too small, no fundraiser is too big. We can fit anything in our into our room. Uh, and if you can't do it at our place, we'll come to you. <laughs> I love it. So be, before we get into the fundraising, I'd like to go yeah. back. So because sure. because I'm not playing dumb here, I don't know. No, all right, I ahead. don't know. Like, wh- where are you guys from? Where's your dad from? And how do you just start a comedy club and uh, you know, create a logo and go attack hotels? I don't even know how that works. So uh, it, it's a family-run operation. If you, you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, but how do you uh, how do you do that? No one you know says, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to start a comedy club." Like, so, what did he do before that? Where you where are you from? My father uh, grew up in uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and oh, then moved really? to state college when he was a young, like when he was a child still, and then uh, like traveled all over the country, lived everywhere. And then in the late 70s, he started a company called Center Chemical, which was a cleaning supply company in state college. And uh, Get out of here. Yeah. And uh, that's how he met my mom. And they lived together for years and worked together and 
all this stuff. And then one day he just said, I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy. And he would, this was late seventies, early eighties. And he would drive to New York every night from state college <laughs> to open mic nights because there wasn't anything in state college. Yeah. I'm dead serious. And then he uh, really got started, I think around 84, 85. And that's when he moved to Brooklyn, uh, New York. And that's where I was born. Uh, <laughs> so he takes your mom and says, we're going to Brooklyn. I'm doing comedy full time. I mean, how does that yeah. work? That's yeah. a risk. Yeah, he was doing uh, comedy full time. He was the uh, he was doing that. And then uh, at that time, he became the house MC, the master of ceremonies the first comedy at uh, the Dangerfields in New York. Uh, he was close friends with Rodney and a lot of people, anybody, anybody from Tim Allen to Ray Romano to Lewis Black, you name it. My father's worked with them, uh, cause they all got started together in Swallow Yeah, Swallow here. Yeah. And that and was, then, yeah, you're right. So late seventies into the eighties, it was when comedy was really on that uptick in popularity. Yeah. yeah especially into the early nineties, even like he worked with everybody that, you know, went somewhere and was somebody and he was like. I'm going to do comedy and just keep going with it and see what's going on. And wow, he did, cool? uh, but, but, but you have no memories of this. You were just what? One, two, three, four, five years old at the time. Like when he started all this. Yeah, no, I remember a little bit of it. Um, I don't remember living in Brooklyn. We, we then moved to Montclair, New Jersey. Okay. And he was still doing comedy. He was on uh, cruise ships for a long time. Really? <laughs> yeah. He did cruise ship. That, Cause that, at the time, and it still is today. That's like the big money for comics. Like if you're not like, you know, uh, John Mulaney, uh, Louis C.K., Tom right. Segura, uh, uh, I'm blanking on people's big names, you know, Bill stuff Burr, like that. Bill Burr, Bill Burr, stuff like that. Those type of people names. You're not doing arenas. You're doing cruise ships and you're making, you know, big money for a week to do cruise ships. Uh, I hope that construction's not too loud in the background. I don't hear anything. So okay, I'm good. curious uh, about though, like, so, so does he, does, does he give up the chemical business or cleaning business or is he just a rich guy or how do you do it? No, <laughs> no, we were never rich and we're still not. <laughs> uh, no, he actually, my, him and my, gra uh, my grandfather used to run it together after he opened it and then he just sold it to my grandfather, which my grandfather and then my uncle ran it for. Uh, I would say 35 years. Oh, so they kept this thing going and your they dad took, totally took himself out. Yeah. He totally took himself out. He was like, I'm going, I'm going full comedy all the Get time. Get out of here. Yeah. He, he, once he sets his mind to something, he stays with it. Now, and, am I getting uh, too personal though? If I say to, does your mom work now for a living back then? Or was she okay with this? Or was she like, Oh, come on, dad. <laughs> come so on time, scott your dad at the time uh we were uh we lived in new jersey and she was a stay-at-home mom and he he was you know working and then when we moved to this area she did like odd jobs like she was a a, a school lunch lady and uh just did like you know things oh to that's excellent help out but for for, so he makes a living doing this either yeah MC oh, yeah. doing comedy gathering yeah. up Get out uh, of he here. was he was a national headliner for years. Uh, the emceeing was just the the like on the week, like you know the nights that he could work there. But I mean, he's worked in Vegas, cruise ships, uh, you know, everywhere around the world. You name it, he's probably been there. He's opened for like Aretha Franklin. Uh, 
yeah, he opened cool. for uh, um, Ray Charles in the seventy or the eighties. I mean, like, so when you when he's wild. doing all that, are you mm-hmm. like what's your earliest memory? Or are you in high school at the time and your dad's this famous comic? Like, how how's all that work? No, no. Uh, actually, I wish I had the photo here. It's at my other office. There's um. Uh, it was a great joke. Uh, right before COVID started, my dad always said, oh, I'm off to work with so-and-so. And I didn't know who it was because I was a little tiny baby. You know, like I was six, seven years old. I don't know who these people are. Oh, yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. a photo of my dad sitting with um, uh, Barney and one of the other dinosaurs <laughs> and at like a backyard birthday party. <laughs> and when I was a kid, in my mind, I thought that's what he meant by working with famous people. <laughs> <laughs> and but then there's also photos of me sitting on Rodney Dangerfield's lap. Get so, out of here! Come on, yeah. I want to see that picture. Jeez, I'll, 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 I'll find it and send it to you, Joe. <laughs> so, so, so he's doing this through your adolescence, correct? Like you're a teenager, and he's still he's a comic. Yeah, I mean, he still does stand up on it from time to time. But yeah, he did it. Uh, I think he did it almost forty years. So is he the kind of guy then? Because I have this double life too, where my kids used to see me on TV during the weather and I'd be all hyped up, pumped up, acting different, acting weird. And then I'd come sure. home and you're just dad. Yeah. Like did he he has both both schemes worked out. He's funny guy, but yet he's just dad at home, or is he always funny dad? Or how does that work? Um, yeah, no, I I didn't see his stand-up until I was probably twelve. Cause it was oh, it's not it's not like anything blue. There's not like a lot of dirty jokes in it. He can go both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I never saw it until I was older. Uh, but at home, he was fun. Yeah, he always made me laugh. And oh, everything. that's good. It was also that he was he wasn't home a lot, so like I didn't get the chance to hang out with him. So when he was home, I was like, oh, I got to I got to hang out with my dad. You know, we would oh, build see, stuff right. together. We would have fun. He would go to my baseball games, stuff like that. And uh, it was a lot of a lot of cool time to hang out with my dad when he was home. So is uh, my, he then leaving the business when you start becoming 17, 18, 19, thinking, what am I going to do for a living or no? No, no. He was still, uh, at that time, Wisecrackers had been open. Let's see. That would have been mm, 2007. So Wisecrackers, the comedy club themselves, would have been open about eight years at that point. Oh, so okay, this is good because I need this timeline mentally. So you're yeah. saying around 2000 is when Wisecrackers started. Maybe. Yeah, Wisecrackers itself became a comedy club in 1999. Okay. Uh, it was just Perfect. like a pop-up comedy club. Like we would do it at different places around the area. And how uh, old are you at the time? Uh, 1999, I would have been 11. Oh, okay. So this is very conscious and you're, yeah. you know, you're almost entering puberty and you're... Yeah. Yeah friends and your yeah. dad has a comedy club and yes yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm getting a picture now i'm getting a picture this is yeah. good this is good so uh by 2000 we were incorporated uh and then after that we became uh we had the standard one at marvelous mugs or brass buckle oh that's where i saw you guys all the yeah. time uh then I mean, we i ask right there because i don't understand how does that work okay i start a comedy club you incorporate it it's called wisecrackers then yes. what then you need venues. Yeah. So we were at uh, our first locations were like uh, Genetti's in Hazleton. Okay. Um, on 309. Uh, and then we were at like Marvelous Mugs or the Brass Rail or anything like that. Then we were at uh, Meadow Ave, the, the hotel in Scranton. I can't remember the name. It was a clearing at, at that point. Yes. Uh, so when we were at all those locations, we would approach them and say, 
hey, you guys want to put a comedy club in here? And they would say yes or no. And it was a lot of back and forth. It was a hard time finding places. But luckily, we're at Mohegan Sun now, Mohegan Sun Casino uh, in Pocono, in Wilkes-Barre. And it is great. And they approached us. Oh. They, they came to us when we were at, um, we were still in Scranton at uh, the Clarion. And they came in and said, hey, we want to have a comedy club. We like having the local name because you guys are well known in the area and you're already established and you know how to book, you know how to run shows. We've been to your shows, which really already blew our mind because you they did their scouting, they did their work. Wow. And they approached us and we came and we toured the facility, like, you know, the, the building, we saw what they wanted and they gave us a proposal. And I, uh, my father was like, it's ecstatic because <laughs> it was oh, like, yeah, security. That... It was like hotels, you never know when they're going to go and say, get out of here. Yeah. Uh, but the casino was just like over the top with us and we were over top with them. So. Oh, that's we, so cool. And I imagine yeah. like a hotel is more of like a part-time thing. Like you bring your signage in and then you get yeah. out. Isn't this more permanent now at the casino? Yes, it's more per- permanent. And it's it's honestly, it feels like a family there with us. Um, especially, we've been there for almost eight years now. And during COVID, they would call us to check on us and everything. Oh, that's excellent. It was really good. And uh, we were trying, you know, we've been there for, like I said, almost eight years. And uh we were trying to always do different things to work with them and trying to figure out how we can make it better for them and for us. And they're always ecstatic with what we do. Oh, that's so cool. See, so, so when you do this and establish a place, whether yeah. it's at a, where it's at a casino or the hotel, now you get on the phone, but I'm sure your dad had all these contacts, but you start then saying, okay, hey, you want to do Saturday, August 15th, blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. put together an itinerary for a group. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you start so. selling tickets, but it's a gamble, right? It's, it a, it's a big gamble. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing. So uh, I've taken over a lot of the booking because, uh, I, not to keep bringing up COVID, but we were closed for a year and uh, two months almost. And did that suck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at him laugh. Uh, hey, no, no, that was great, right? Uh, no, Joe, it was a fantastic. You know, when they first said it was two weeks, I was like, man, a two week vacation. I've never had that before. And then by the end of the fourth month, I was like, wow, what am I going to do with my time? Oh, my goodness. Right. Because uh, this is your full time gig, right? This is my full time gig. And let me tell you, when I say that I'm not hireable in any other position because of the <laughs> I've had, uh, are basically, you know, a manager at a GameStop or a cell phone store. <laughs> you know, nobody's looking at my music engineering degree and going, yeah, we want you today. <laughs> oh, I was going to get into that. So did you end up going to college? That's what you did. Music engineering. Huh? Yeah, I went to I went to Luzerne County Community College. Uh, I went for music engineering and then I went back for a little bit uh, for um, journalism. And, okay. Uh, I mean, I use my music more than I use my journalism, but uh, it sounds like you're a creative guy. Yeah, uh, a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, during the pandemic, I I mean, I just had a hard time finding work, making money. Uh, I lived off my savings, (laughs) which, uh, you know, it was not easy. Uh, I met a girl. It was when it's going great. Uh, But um, so so are are there siblings in the family, like your brothers or sisters that were competing for the comedy club? we dynasty 
<laughs> I have a younger sister. Um, she works for us from time to time, but she is not interested really in taking over the business. Oh, okay. I, I really wasn't either, but at the time, this would have been 2013, 14, 2014. Okay. Um, I needed a, a new job and uh, I told my parents I would just fill in and help out until I found a thing because I had planned on moving out of the area. Well, I don't and, know what you mean. I thought you were always in Wisecrackers. What were you well, doing that show I, I after college? Out, I helped out throughout and did other jobs. Like, oh, okay. Jobs, but like if they needed me for something, I would, I would, you know, help out throughout the gigs. So when you uh, were say in college, you yeah. weren't you, you. I guess I guess what I'm saying is when you were 18, 19, 20, 23, you weren't yeah. thinking, "Hey, I'm going to build a career around what my dad started. I'm going to pick up where he left off." That was it. A, um, what is it? A background plan? Was it Plan B? Was it Plan A? No, when I was in college, I really thought I was going to go into the music industry, <laughs> uh, not knowing that it's really hard to get into. And, oh, I see. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, but at the time, I had been working at a GameStop, and I was the youngest person to uh, become a manager, and I was making pretty good money, and then I broke my back. No. Uh, uh, yeah, I fell off a cliff. <laughs> it was a it was a really exciting weekend for my parents uh, to get that phone call. A, a, a funny story about that: I was the designated driver at the party, and I fell off the cliff. So, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Is that a car and a vehicle? Nope, I I walked away from the party, missed a step, and fell fifty feet. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing. 50 feet oh. is, 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 is a deadly fall. Uh, yeah. You're telling me and all the doctors that worked on me. <laughs> uh, what'd you break? But yeah, uh, but yeah they, uh, I, what'd I you break on that fall? Uh, compression burst, L1 vertebrae, broke my wrist, chipped a tooth. Couldn't remember things for a couple dude, months. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my parents, I had to call my, I called my parents and my mom picks up and I go, uh, you might want to put dad on the phone because he definitely could handle it way better than her. <laughs> I fell off a cliff. That's, yeah, he, that's a call no parent gets. Come no, on. No, no. <laughs> he picks up and he's like, hello. And I'm like, hey, uh, I fell off a cliff and I'm in the emergency room. Oh, man. <laughs> he's like, I'll be right there. <laughs> uh, it was a weird day for him. He probably uh, put that in one of his uh, stand-up acts, right? I don't know if he ever did. Uh, <laughs> uh, he might. He might. So, so, so then the, the music stuff doesn't work out. The, uh, yeah. the career is in, in, in waxing and waning and you're thinking. Yeah, I was just, I was just doing weird things. I was a security guard for a long time at a, a, a building that was paying really well. And I was happy with that. And then they started to cut my hours and they changed a bunch of stuff. And, uh, one day I, it was, it was around Christmas time and I had requested the day after Christmas off because I had family coming in and I wanted to see them. And the company was like, no. And I'm like, I'm the best worker here. I never take days off. I only need one day. It's not even Christmas day. It's the day I'm working Christmas day, right. but I need the day after off. And they said, no. So I put my two week notice in the next day after Christmas day. And then uh, I told my parents, I was like, I just need a job for a couple months. And it's been eight years. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, it had to happen then. Yeah. But I'm yeah, sure I love it. And I hate it at the same time. Because, <laughs> Listen, that's uh, most people at work, just so you know. Yeah, okay? yeah I know, I know. But it's, it's one of those things that like, uh, you know, I wake up at uh, 
you know, anywhere between nine thirty and eleven thirty in the morning, and my phone doesn't stop ringing until two o'clock in the morning. Is that right? And now here yeah. I'm bothering you with the podcast. Oh, I, this this is fun. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'd rather do this than answer a text message that says, "Hey, can you get me work this weekend?" When they know that I cannot get them work this weekend. You're talking about a comic doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. good. So here was where we got to dive in now. Okay, yeah. so. Now, I, I'm not that entrenched in the comedic world, but I have my favorites like everyone. I'm a big Bill Burr fan. I yeah. listen to his podcast. I used to go to all these comedy clubs. And I always wondered because how does it even start? How, how do you, let's say you are a pretty good comedian. You're, you're, you're brushing up your skills. You're not a Bill Burr, but you can pull in a crowd, and make everybody laugh. These guys, whether they have part-time jobs, no job, full-time jobs, from what I hear, it's like what you said about your dad. It's in their blood and they can't do anything else. They just have to get on stage yeah. and do their work. So do they then call someone like you? So, I mean, if you are already doing stand-up, yeah. um, I would recommend sending me an email with a video. Um, if you've never done stand-up, I would say start doing open mic nights. Uh, that's the best way to start trying out stand-up. Um, I won't put anybody on my stage that hasn't had stage time. Uh, uh, all of the comedians that we've put on have at least a minimum of five years experience. Um, some of them maybe have two, but their two are really solid two years of experience. Um, okay. So you're like a top tier, uh, comedy club where others will say, okay, whatever, we'll give you a try. Cause I've seen some yeah. low. Uh, we did. We just had uh, my buddy, Paul Spratt. He's a local comedian. He grew up around here, but he moved to New York for many years. All right. The pandemic ruined things. So he had to come back, but he just taught a, a workshop class at our club. Uh, it was a couple of Mondays in a row. And then he taught a, like had a big ceremony with, a everybody got time a stage time. And that's a good way to get started if you've never done stand-up because it's about the structure of the jokes. It's not so much about the, oh, I'm funny, because everybody can be funny. Yeah. The way you write and structure a joke is really important. The way you can figure out how to make timing work and stuff, that's a really important thing. Um, I heard right. Bill Burr opened with the, uh, there was a possibility. I don't know if you saw Bill at the arena the other week. Missed it. Missed it. it was out uh, of I, I heard that he opened with the, uh, cause there was a tornado watch that night. I'm sure you knew about that. Right. Uh, <laughs> he said that there was a possibility for tornado watch and we're in the safest building. And my friend actually was the driver for the arena that night and brought Bill to and from the hotel. Really? Yeah. And said, he tried that out in the car and my friend wanted to say, well, the safest place would have been under a flower tent. <laughs> and cause that would have got a big laugh. Cause everybody remembers the flower tent that didn't get <laughs> blown over in the last tornado. And he, he's like, I was embarrassed not to say it. And oh, I, I would have said it. <laughs> Did he say Bill was a good guy in the drive? Yes. He said he was extremely nice in the car. He's very fantastic and everything. So Jesus. I'm glad to hear that. He's just so unarrogant and regular yes. guy-ish. When you listen to his podcast and he puts himself down, self-deprecating. And his yeah. self-deprecating humor is not for the humor. It's honesty. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of Bill Burr. I love him. Yeah, he's he's one of the best. He's, he's just very, very funny. So you are like the, if I'm reading you properly, I didn't know this. You're like the comedic czar. You're the one who says, no, I'm sorry. You can't be at our club or you can. I mean, and then we'll book you or I will not. Like you're the guy that people Uh, are sweating talking to. Are they going to take me? Are they going to take me? I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but yeah, I have 
In the last two years, I have taken over lots of hats at this job, and one of them is now booking agent. Uh, we used to have a great booking agent, Linda Rowe, out of uh, New York. Uh, we, my father worked with her since the 80s. And when, you know, COVID hit, we couldn't afford to keep her on anymore. So we had to let her, like, we told her it was no hard feelings. She understood. And I took over booking and I get uh, probably a hundred videos a week. Get out of here. I yeah. did not realize so that's, I, I felt bad every time you sent me, like, you sent me the email and I thought I had replied <laughs> to do this. Yeah. And then I looked, looked through my emails and I was like, oh no, I didn't reply to Joe. Oh. See, and I just like quick fired off the email and then I was like, I barked it to like keep notification. I have to set up a new email for just people booking me or like wow. sending me emails. So you're that busy. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I- it's, it's, it's fun, but it's exhausting. Cause like I, I, by Friday night when I'm at the comedy club, I don't want to watch comedy anymore (laughs) because all the comedians are my friends and I like them very much. And I think they're all very funny. And then they're like, how did I do? And I'm like, I I don't know. (laughs) I didn't watch your set. I'm sorry. (laughs) Isn't that something you can, you can get sick of laughing. You can get sick of being entertained. You can get, I remember I I could go see my best band in concert. And then after like an hour and a half, two hours, I'm like, okay, please stop. Yeah. What is this about human nature? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I I remember I saw one of my favorite bands in 2019, three times in, in one year. And by the third time I saw them, I was like, you guys have 150 songs. You're going to tell me you play the same 30 songs every time. I run into that same thing all the time too. Make sure, <sighs> right. All right. Yeah. So, so you, you are the comedic czar. G- give me some good stories, good names, some comedians that we all know that, that somehow impressed you or depressed you. I don't know. Do you have anything good? Uh, I can tell <laughs> you the, the most depressing story that has ever happened. And I don't mind saying the person's name because I'll never work with them again. Okay. (laughs) It's a big no. (laughs) Uh, uh, We had Gallagher back in 2017 and it was the real Gallagher, not his brother. So everybody knows Um, he was just the meanest person I've ever met. Now, how old is Gallagher now? Oh, he's close to. 75 okay so i guess my question is is he one of almost like a like a like a like a a jaded washed up comic because he was big in the 70s i mean absolutely yeah he was just i mean he was just so everything about him was like i once had money okay god clearly squandered it all away and lost everything (laughs) he was just so rude to everyone everyone. and it was just so uncomfortable to be around was he Um, still funny i so i laugh at pretty much everything uh (laughs) if it's if it's good if like i find a comedian funny i find them funny forever um i didn't find gallagher funny i thought he was kind of offensive in some ways and like i'm not somebody that finds things offensive i was gonna say in your business you have to be unoffendable yeah he 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 actually said so many things the one day on i think it was friday night he said so many things he walked a roller derby team of girls uh that i just i was like i i didn't think that was possible uh (laughs) he uh he indirectly called me fat 
uh, I know I'm a larger person, but he's like, ah, uh, your parents are Ann and Scott. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you're awfully big bone compared to them. And I'm like, oh, I see. So yeah, right, he, 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 yeah, yeah. He, so he took the, uh, this isn't for comedic purposes. He's being, yeah. Right. Yeah. He, he, uh, on Thursday night, he asked me to get him, um, uh, I'll just say it. He asked me to get him dope. <laughs> and, and in my mind, I'm like, what are you like heroin or something? Like, I don't, I don't know you. I don't even, I don't know where to get drugs. I'm like, not that cool. <laughs> See, folks, where else are you going to get behind the scenes of a washed up comic galley? Yeah. Oh, that's something. Turns out he wanted weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah, come on, man. Just ask, be a normal person and ask for it. <laughs> Dope. He, it's easy to get that's legal in most states. Now. I know. I was gonna say don't go to so, so don't go to Rite Aid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he was so weird. And then he was like complaining about our room and like the music. And I'm really like, I'm like, oh man, you're giving me a headache all night. So you oh. when you have these comics, you have to then cater to them and take care of them and say, here's your desk, here's your water, here's where you stay. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. So what, uh, a lot of these comedians I've known for my entire life. Uh, I've known some of them for close to 30 years. Some of them I've known for really, close to, yeah. I, I mean, some of the comedians I've known for as long as my father has known them, uh, since I was a baby. Uh, you know, they they some of them come in, they say they remember holding me when I was a child. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember that, uh, but. Some of them are newer. Some of them that I've brought in, I've made friends with, and like they don't know my father. So it's like a weird now vice versa where like my dad will be like, hey, I need a comic for something. Can you recommend somebody? And I'll be like, oh, so-and-so. And he's like, I don't know them. I'm like, trust me, they're funny. Okay. <laughs> and He's more old school, right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he knows his people. I know my people. It's a, it's a nice yin and yang kind of situation. But um, a lot of the comics, when I tell all the comics, when I first meet them between the hours of seven and 11, when the show is getting ready and about to end, I am in professional manager mode. <laughs> I take care of you. I'll handle anything you need. You ask me for something. I do it. You pretty much, you say jump. I say how high, but as soon as the show's over and we're hanging out, just having a drink after the show, whether it be in the casino you know, whatever. We're just friends. Oh, so yeah, that you're not that you're not their go-to boy. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Right. Yeah. Cause I don't I don't like if I buy a round of drinks for people, yeah. or if they buy a round of drinks, I'm like, this doesn't buy you credit with me. Like I don't <laughs> want you to call me and be like, Hey, remember that time I bought you drinks? And I'm yeah, like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like that's that was after hours. Like, don't do that. Like you know, because you know, like, you know how it is in professions with like entertainment, like, hey, I scratched your back, you got to scratch yes, mine. Sure, now. sure, sure. No, I don't like doing those favors for people like that's, that's uncomfortable stuff. So, so do speaking on that lines now, do most of the comics that you're getting, and, and I'm not talking about the top tier, but your average tier, do they, is it lucrative? Do they have other jobs? Uh, is it too varied to even nail it down like that? Yeah. So some of them will be, some of them will have other jobs. Some of them won't. Um, a lot of them are teachers, surprisingly. Summer's off, man. Summer's yeah, off. Summer's <laughs> off. They can get weekends off. You know, it's easy for them to leave at three o'clock on a Friday in New York and be in the Poconos by wow. six o'clock. You know, um, some of them, this is their full-time gig. Wow. And, and a lot of my close friends have been doing this for close to 20 years and they're, this is it. 
you know. Um, other ones have been like doormen, uh, security guards, uh, chauffeurs, you know, you name it. Um, they've been everything and anything under the sun. And like so we said earlier, they have that passion and they just yeah. have to get on stage. There's no mm -hmm. other thing to do. They have to do that. Yeah. This is and a lot of here. Yeah, a lot of them are also like, you know, they all try out acting, they do TV shows. So like I have friends that have been on like a bunch of different TV shows or in commercials. I have a friend, his name's Sean Donnelly. He's uh, very funny, uh, but uh, he was in an AT&T commercial and I was just randomly at a bar one time in Lancaster before a concert. And I forgot that he was in the commercial and I look up and I go, Sean? Oh, he was right there. <laughs> and my friends were like, you know that guy? And I'm like, yeah, he's one of my closest friends. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it's very weird when you see something like that happen. Well, in your position, you're like, you're like boss man, manager. You're almost need like a psychiatry degree. You, you know, you're, uh, you're dealing with emotions and you're probably doing it all. That's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my favorites here, you got to give me a story. Do you know anything about Richard Lewis? My all time favorite. You know, what, I, I don't <laughs> or you're not, he's too old for you. Maybe. Right. Uh, he's not too old for me. I know who he is, but I've never met him. And I oh, never met Richard him. Lewis. I'm sure my father has, but I, I don't, I'll set you up with him to do a podcast. He'd love to. Are you serious? Yeah, oh my absolutely. goodness. Would that be awesome or what? I'd love that. So the, the, like the big name. So uh, you know, Larry David Seinfeld, you know, some of the old school guys, you have any connections with them or no? Um, no, I don't have any old school connections. Uh, I met Lewis Black a couple of years ago. Uh, he was doing a show at like, uh, Cove Haven in the Poconos. Okay. And, uh, he found out that I was in the room and he knew my father really well. And he called me in the back and he's like, Hey, you know, how's your dad doing? And I'm like, he's good. He's good. He goes, is he still terrible at golf? Which is a, <laughs> a joke because my dad's pretty good. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's still bad. And he goes, ah, good to hear. Good to hear. And, um, I know, um, you know, there's other people that have been around forever that I know, um, you know, I just saw Nate Bargetsky a couple months ago and he okay. knew my dad from back in the day. Yeah. You know, working in the city and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people that know who my father is. Uh, David the guy's Tell. a legend. Yeah. David Tell was at the casino a couple months back and we were talking after the show and he was like, hey, your dad's Scott Bruce. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, I used to work with him all the time. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, so you're the just, next legend now. You're legend I, in training. Yeah. Legend in training. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got to ask you now. So, the the latest trend in the last is it four five six years is the uh, the woke culture and the cancel sure. culture. Do you mm -hmm. see that infiltrating the biz where some comedians are afraid to tell racial jokes, gay jokes, Polish jokes, Catholic jokes? Jew, I don't know whatever the subject. Sure, um, I see a little bit of it. Um, I think it's a little difficult sometimes for some comics because their whole career is based around that, like their material is based either on one side of the fence or the other. Um, so it's either on the woke or the, like, I'm going to be, you know, the oh, raunchy, see, right. dirty kind of comic. Screw everybody. Um, I'll say what I want. Yeah. So I, I'm like pretty neutral. I like all of the comedy. If it's funny, it's funny. Uh, I've seen a lot of the woke comedians that are coming out and getting TV shows and I've seen specials or something from them. And I'm like, who finds this funny? But then I realized that like, the people in the levels above them that run in the TV stations are the ones that are like, we got to make sure that this person makes it because we want to look good to those people. So 
So what what are their targets then? So if you're a woke or cancel culture comedian, what what are your targets? Let's just face it. Comedy, like comedy is other people's pain. That's just the way our yeah, brains are made. It really so is. Uh, if, you're, if you're not victimizing someone, I, there's very few things that are funny that there's not a victim. And yeah. for anyone listening out there, if you see someone slip on a banana peel, you're going to laugh. Funny. Yeah. You're going to laugh. Yeah. I fall, I fall once a week and I laugh at myself. <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. Um, so, so when you make attacks at someone's sexuality or someone's religion, it's just that it's it's a it's made for joke purposes. What, yeah, are these people. Yeah, you're not you're not singling out a if you're not singling out a single person or you're just pointing out just an obvious thing, then it's it's funny. I, it's just one of those things that like I I'm not politically correct all the time, and it's hard. And uh, it's one of those things that like I have to, and I have to watch what I say because of my industry. Me but, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just, uh, I don't know who the audiences are for what. Uh, there's definitely people that come to our room and are upset sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know if you heard the joke, but it had nothing to do with what you're So you saying. do hear that. You do hear that. Yeah, we've had it We've had it a couple times in the last couple months. Um, what do they want, it, though? What, what do they want? I don't know. Um, why are they going to a comedy show? I guess they expect something different. <laughs> It's we hard. get the big the big question everybody always asks me is it funny and I go I mean it's a comedy show I, yeah. I would assume I don't know and then they yeah. go are you're probably paid to say this and I go I'm not paid to have this conversation like I, right. I, yeah I'm not paid enough to <laughs> to talk to you about this but people come in and when they're offended by something I'm like I don't think you actually listen to the joke because like some of the jokes that people get upset by in our room that have happened. I mean, it's only happened probably twice in the last two years. Cause I don't remember anything from the last few years. Right. COVID have really not been offensive. Like one of the jokes was, uh, uh, Joey Vega, who's an extremely funny comedian. He's, a uh, uh, just one of the greatest Hispanic comedians of all time. He opens for Mark Anthony all the time. Okay, right. Mark Anthony, the legendary singer, Mark Anthony, like just hilarious. He was talking about how when he dies, he wants to come back as a white man because they get away with everything. <laughs> Joey Vega is a Hispanic man. Yeah. It's a great joke. Sure. Uh, but it was pointing out the fact that like, obviously white people, white males specifically get away with everything. And this, older black man african-american man i'm sorry uh stands up and just loses his temper over it and the guy had been drinking so i assumed that that was a, a starter to it right and then he leaves and he's telling me that there shouldn't be any racial jokes and oh I'm like, my goodness the I joke know. wasn't about race it was about pointing out that white people are overprivileged and the guy wouldn't, and he's like, oh, but they're fighting in Ukraine. And I go, I know we're fighting. I'm like, I don't, I am so lost in this conversation now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you're going on about, but I feel, I, I, and he just kept yelling at me. And I'm like, I can't, I can't help you if you're not going to ask me the right questions. I hope you're not discouraged by that because. That oh, no, no, I very rarely do. Um, I, it's because it's, that's you can't me to even comprehend. I mean, 10 years ago, that, that, that would be laughable or it, yeah, that's something that would ever have occurred. And now we had somebody, we had somebody one time get upset about a joke at the Chicago uh, O'Hare International Airport. Somebody got upset that that was a joke. They're like, 
F you, that's a great, pl-. and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're mad that you're, that somebody's making fun of O'Hare International Airport? Uh, uh, I can't even, I can't even. I don't even know. How are you but mad? But in the past, that these people were never really addressed or taken seriously. Now, for some reason, the the weak and the uh, they're they're getting something to stand on, and I don't know why that's happening. You know, to a point. Uh, let me give an example. You see that thing in the background? I don't know if that's a clay head of me yes, right back yeah. there. A gentleman yeah. in our WNEP viewing area made that. Um, great artist. Yeah. So um, once I got heads, I started showing in the backyard. Here's a head of Joe Snedeker. Here's a head of Tom Clark. Here's a head of Mindy Ramsey. One person once called and said, how dare he show those heads on television? My husband was in a car accident and almost had his head severed in the accident. And now you're bringing back memories of that. I don't want Snedeker to show those heads on TV anymore. Could I mean, could (laughs) It's I mean, just an, it's an example of what you deal with and I deal with. It, it's a yeah, personal, that's yeah. It's a it's a personal twist on a narrative that is just yeah. bizarre to me. I uh, that I I am so glad I don't have to deal with that one. Yeah. <laughs> you get that uh, on, a, on a weekly basis. Someone's offended yeah. by something in the news. We had but we had a comedy. A, you would expect it more than anywhere else. Yeah, we had a woman uh, years ago. I remember this distinctly because it was very confusing to me. She was upset that one of the comedians wasn't bringing out his puppets fast enough. <laughs> what um, does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't. You, Joe, you're asking me, man. Slow those puppets down. Slow those puppets yeah. down. <laughs> no, she, he didn't bring them out. He was. She didn't have. He didn't. Ha- he came on stage and did ten minutes without the puppets. Without the puppets, I okay. to come on stage with the puppets immediately she had and, an expectation she's a yeah, puppet she lady. came out and she was just pointing at her phone she's like this this picture he has puppets he has puppets and i go he has puppets he'll bring them out and she goes where are the puppets where are the puppets and i'm like i don't lady i don't he just went on stage i'm like i can't go i'm gonna what do you want me to go up and go be like vince puppets now get the puppets out. Puppets and then she was mad that the one guy didn't look like her his picture because he was uh, oh, younger in the picture but had shorter hair. He was a Native American guy, um, and <laughs> he had like short hair and was like uh, like not as buff as he was in the photo. Okay. Which is she wanted the buff version. She wanted yeah, the and version. he was like she was like that's not him in this photo, and I'm like that's absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely him. <laughs> I'm like I've known that guy for ten years. That's him. And then she goes in and sits down and he had the puppets out, but she was still mad that the puppets weren't the puppets that were in the, pu- in the photo then. Oh, it was. So maybe she uh, thought you had a uh, stunt double or something there. And she, uh, I must've, she was just, she was like, we only get one night out of year. And this was the night we came to. And I'm like, I, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> I can't tell you what's going to happen next, but he's going to have puppets. Trust me. It's not going to be the ones you're going to see in that picture, maybe, but he's going to have puppets. <laughs> and maybe in part, this is probably all from the uh, last 10, 15 years of cell phone integration into our lives. Because could you imagine in the past, uh, you're an older guy like me, you go to a show, there's nothing being recorded. There's no yeah. pictures being taken. So whatever is said in there is said, and then you leave, and it's forgotten, but now yeah. it's recorded and can be taken out of context and twisted and shown to the nation or the, the world. 
And sure. that's a big part of the problem. Yeah, that happened to uh, Louis C.K. Yes. A couple years ago with his, yep. his one bit that got taken out of context. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, especially in the last couple of years, because of lockdown and everything, our, our attention spans have really dropped everyone's. Uh, everyone yes. from 21 to 55 to 108. Yeah. 55, mine dropped. Right. How could, yeah. you, uh, how could you go to the bathroom without your cell phone? Yeah. So we'll have people at the show and they'll be looking at their phones or they won't be paying attention. And I'm like, you paid to be here. Like, how could you not like look at your, there's a, there's a, a six foot two man and three other comedians, two women, whatever, all in front of you on stage telling jokes and you're going to be. <laughs> so you see that right, right while they're performing, you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's staring at their cell phone. It's just very weird. Uh, it's like, they don't know that they're in a room with people. Um, and then it's distracting to everybody around them because the room's dark. So if a phone lights up, everybody can see it. Uh, you know, um, we have, you know, signs out that say, please don't bring your, ta- your phone out, but it's just confusing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> who knows i'm so old that i remember going to concerts through the 80s where yeah. and this is like this is unheard of to even think for young people now and no pictures permitted that was the sign as you entered a concert and this yeah. is free cell phone so you couldn't even yeah. like a polaroid you couldn't yeah. have a camera they would check you to make sure there's no cameras now they wouldn't dare because a cell phone is a part of everyone's life uh, i you know i'm i remember going to concerts in the early 2000s and the they said pictures permitted. And then I remember that it was no cameras with uh, unfixed lenses. Like, you Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're right. A detachable lens because they didn't want you to get like a big zoom lens. Right. Oh man. Uh, and now everybody carries around just this amazing camera in their pocket. And like, look, I take pictures at concerts, but I'm not, you know, above everybody blocking view. I keep it down low and then do my job and put it away. <laughs> yeah. But that surely has changed uh, comedy. Really and has. speaking of other changes, I got to get your opinion on this one. Okay. Sure. Again, maybe I'm the old guy, Yeah, but, but I grew up even with like the late night comedians, like uh, Leno, Letterman, Carson. And those guys were like, how do I say this? They're, they're, they're almost abrasive. They were a little um, harsh. They weren't trying to win you over with their uh, cuteness. And mm-hmm. the trend now, I think, is, isn't it like you look at a Jimmy Fallon or even a Jimmy Kimmel? It's like they're try- they're saying, like me, I'll dance with you. I'll do all these things. Yeah. And to me, that turns me off. I want the older school comic back, the abrasive ones, the ones that are saying, I don't care if you like me or not. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. So how did that change? I don't know how that changed. I think when Stephen Colbert made it to The Tonight Show or whatever he's on, I think the push towards everybody being kind of um, campy and fun became more of a thing. And then like the push towards more like political satire and stuff became a thing. And I miss, like, I loved Conan. Conan was was great. Got a great podcast though. Yeah. But Letterman and Leno were always great. They were, they were the best. But when I started to watch Conan, I thought Conan was, one of the best interviewers and one of the best TV hosts. Like he had the greatest show because I remember I started watching it in the early 2000s. So probably like 2001, 2002. And I watched it all the way until it was on TBS and then after, and then I listened to his podcast and I think he's just 
phenomenal. He's so clever, so witty. Yeah. And, and and now I can't watch any of these late night shows. I like Jim. I liked Jimmy Kimmel back in the day. Yes, with Adam and Carolla then, and and, yeah. and and you know uh, even after even when he even when he got his late night with Jimmy Kimmel or whatever it is, and and he had uh, Dickie Barrett from the Money Money Boston's being the voice and everything. He was fantastic. The show was great. It was just a very good formatted late night show. And then it just kind of like started to go down. And then I think the real decline was uh, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Fallon becoming these like Stephen Colbert going super political and Jimmy Fallon going super bubblegum pop. Uh-huh. Like, I'm trying to make everybody like me. Yeah. I laugh at my own jokes all the time. It's like you created know. by Disney. Yeah, it, it's it's trying to make it the short snippets that'll get it on the internet to get a million views, and that's what that's what the money is now. I guess so, but there's no soul, there's no integrity. It's gone. No, there's it, it's Where's really the edge. Hard. I want that sharp edge. Yeah, I I, I, I mean, uh, what's his name? Um, the Scottish guy. Uh, oh uh, yeah, he was excellent. Why can't we think of his name now? But he, he was the best, the best. Here. Not Greg Kilborn, was it? No, no, uh, no, no, no. It's oh, gonna. Man, that's gonna drive me insane now. I know it's gonna drive me insane. Should we get our cell phones out right uh, now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Google. <laughs> Scottish comedian went off the air about five, six years ago. I love him. Come on, who is this guy we're thinking of? Scottish. <laughs> Did you get it yet? <laughs> uh, Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he uh, was the best. He was the last so of them. So good. And every time he'd come on and he would do something political, it felt like he wasn't trying to be pandering or anything. Yes, no. So it was just, it was one of those things. And now it's like everybody's trying to have their own voice, but at the same time, they're trying to just get the views for the next morning on YouTube or on Hulu yes. or Netflix or whatever their channel is for the next day. Cause realistically in some ways, a lot of like those late night cable shows are dying because of the retention of time on late night and the, the clips are only the, what matters, you know? Yes. But, but, but could you picture someone like Letterman or, or, or Carson dancing with Miley Cyrus. No, it, no, you no. that wouldn't even make sense. The only thing I could ever picture is like, um, uh, like the weird animal attacks on the shows, or like, well, that, that, of, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Carson did like get those a stuff. Bit. Like those stuff. Like that was always like, whoa, this is like way too much. Or like yeah. I was like, but that was like interesting because they also did a good interview with that person then. Yes. And then, like, I felt like these were just snippets now. It's all fake. Um, it's fake, yeah. fake, 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 fake. It's I guess very... Leno was kind of a good transition. A lot of a lot of your people, I think, do you agree, don't like Leno? I thought he was a good mix of the two. He had creativity. He had edge. But he was yeah. also a little pop culture-y, goody-goody. But he still yeah. had edge. I liked Leno. I liked his top, uh, his, uh, his some stuff. Um, I like him a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we have so little else. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I like, I like, I'm a big car guy. So I watch a lot of his car stuff. Uh, great. I agree. Um, I agree. But he does great car interviews and, and I like that, but, uh, I, I don't remember a lot cause I, I watched Conan all the time. And then after the whole Conan and Leno fallout that I lost, I was just like, I'm team Conan. <laughs> so, 
You like Conan uh, Wants a Friend? You listen to his podcast then? You like it? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to listen to it a lot. I haven't listened to it in a while. I, I don't get a lot of time. And then when I want to listen to something on podcast-wise, I listen to history stuff because I don't want to listen to comedy. Uh, uh, yeah, because you get too much of it. See, when yeah, I'm out... I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I hang up with you, I'm going to be listening to more comedy. <laughs> I have a list of 10 comedians I have to watch today. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. So then you're going to schedule future events. Yeah. All right. Speaking of, tell uh, some of our listeners how they can find you, get involved, maybe uh, want to set up a fundraiser, or maybe just go see a show. What's the deal, brother? Sure. You can uh, check us out at wisecrackers.biz, B-I-Z. Uh, that was our brand new website bu- uh, built by the great people at BA Media, Multimedia. Okay. Uh, my friend Blaze from high school, he's did a fantastic job on our website, his girlfriend, Allie. Um, you can check us out on Facebook. I believe it's just Wisecrackers Comedy. Uh, Instagram is also wisecrackers comedy. I think I don't, we, we don't use wise, uh, Instagram that much. We're trying to, um, but Facebook is really like the best. Our website wisecrackers.biz. Uh, there's a form on there to fill out for fundraisers. If you want to contact us directly, you call Ann at wisecrackers hotline. It's a five, seven, zero, seven, eight, 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 four, five, one. Uh, that's the number for the office. You can give her a call and she'll gladly set up a fundraiser with you and we'll handle anyone, uh, any fundraiser you throw at us, we'll take care of it for you. And what is, so what is your schedule? Is it now like a a permanent schedule or is it seasonal? Like you can say every Friday and Saturday from blank to blank, we have comedians. Uh, yep. Every Friday from blank until blank, we have comedians. (laughs) (laughs) What does that vary a little bit? We are, uh, uh, 51 weeks a year currently. Get uh, out of here. Yeah, the only weekend we close is Christmas usually, uh, because it's just a bad weekend for at Mohegan Sun every Friday and Saturday yep. night. Mohegan Sun every Friday and Saturday night. We'll be closed the next two weeks. Uh, well, this will come out after. Uh, we'll be closed the uh, third and fourth of July or the second and third of July and then the ninth and tenth because we'll be on a first vacation in 10 years, um, which we can't afford thanks to COVID. Uh, but we're doing it anyway, because we haven't had one. Um, and then um, other than that, we'll be doing uh, nonstop shows until the comedy train runs out. Uh, that ain't running out, brother. That ain't running out. I love I'm it. I'm taking it right off the rails if I have to. <laughs> Uh, we have new comedians all the time. We have old comedians, uh, all the time, you know, come in and see new people, see new fun faces. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm not, I am not paid to say that <laughs> I genuinely do not enjoy comedy most of the time anymore. And I actually have a good time at my shows. Um, they're very fun comedians every weekend, uh, different comedians every weekend. You'll never see the same comedian twice in one year. Usually, um unless it's an emergency um we have everybody from young comedians to old comedians uh we have everybody from female male transgender gay uh we run the gambit lgbtq plus uh you know every walk of life denomination we name it we've got it there you go, folks. No more excuses to just sit home on a Friday or Saturday night. Get down to the uh, Mohegan Sun, Wilkes-Barre, uh, spend some money, go out, take the lady out to dinner, go see a comedy club. You're not going to have a better time than that, right? Yeah, Come on. please do. And Maybe. I'm going to finish this, if you don't mind, with my favorite comedian of all time that's before your time, and I'm going to do his joke on you and see if it gets a laugh. Are you ready? Sure. All right. 
I didn't plan this, so I don't have the proper. Oh, you're even standing up too? Yeah, I don't have the proper. Okay, attire, but... I like when people stand up for comedy. Okay, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I pre-thought this. And now my impersonation, you have to tell me who this is, of the first man on the sun. Ooh, ah, ooh, 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 ah, 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 ah. The unknown comic. You have to do it with a bag on your head, though. See, it would have been so much better. I know the bit, but I don't know. The, I can't remember the name. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name either, but he, he yeah. put the bag on his head. He'd be on the gong show. The hilarious. I'm hilarious. Blank. I know. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Nick Bruce, it was great talking to you, man. I appreciate the uh, hour or so. You're a good man. Oh, thank you very much, Jeff. Hey, All right. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, good luck with everything, man. Thank you very much, Joe. It's good to talk to you and hopefully we do this again and uh, I'll get Scott next time for you and you guys can reminisce about other things. No, don't tell him. I like you better. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not polite to lie. <laughs> All right. I'll see you soon. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.